Hello and welcome to the most hated Pokemon podcast of the trading card game here, officially hated by TPCI. I'm your host, Jake, here with you, bringing you this week's wonderful, crazy. There was a lot of news this week. And beside me is my co-host, Sean. How does it feel to be the most hated Pokemon player on uh, the Internet? I, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think TPCI hates us. I think they just have their own their own schedule and we i think it's it, it's funny how we seem to always talk about something and then like the next day the pokemon company releases information about a thing that either directly counters or changes exactly what we would have said for for those of you at home we were we'll get into this when we talk about some products but we were talking about urshifu vmax um and like whether or not you should buy it and then pokemon company was basically like you know, we thought people should buy it too, so we're gonna we're gonna help you with that. They were like, you know, what would be funny is if we did the exact opposite of what you said. <laughs> and it, it, yeah, it's it's always the day after, mm-hmm. Sean. It's always the day after with us. But I guess that's the nature of our show. But we've got a lot of we've got a lot of crazy stuff to talk about today. Like I said, like I was not joking when I said that there was a ton of news this week alongside the Pog Twenty One Championships. You know, the heralded Pog. We haven't talked about Pog in a year, Sean. Yeah, now well, here we are. It's just only a couple of days away. So if you're late late metagaming, mm-hmm. Sean and I will try to give you some analysis, our insight on how we feel, what you should play, what you should expect, things like that. And it's kind of, I actually think it's kind of interesting. But uh, Sean, yeah, you know what we got to do first. We right? got to get that review. We got to get that we review. Get that. That sweet, sweet five-star review coming in. Remember, if you like the Metapod, whether that's on YouTube, Spotify, well, Spotify, you can't leave reviews, Apple, whatever. If you can leave a review or a like, comment, make sure to please, please do that. Uh, Helps us out with the show, makes us feel good, and, you know, helps give this segment a little bit of life. Because if we don't have five-star reviews to read, then this becomes an awkward five minutes of silence. So, hopefully... (laughs) You can help us out. We got Miki Miki this week. Five star review here for 50 reviews. I'm only reviewing to help get to 50 reviews. There's only one uh, that that way there can be a meeting at Gen Con, maybe a live show off. Fingers crossed. Indiana really needs to get it together. (laughs) I won't consider uh, them new seeing that they've been playing for a year, but they still seem to know good about the game and also sounded like they're having fun. If you like knowledgeable people who are having fun and sharing what they know, then give them a listen. One of my favorite Pokemon TCG podcasts. Miki, thank you for the kind words. I mean, Sean and I have an incredibly fun time here on the Metapod. I I say the wildest stuff and Sean laughs at me. It's always a good time. Yeah. In terms of the reviews, uh, sorry, the Gen Con stuff, Jake. So I am still on to go to Gen Con. Um, you know better how Indiana's doing with regard to uh what's the specific date for Gen Con again? September 16th to 19th is when I'll be there. I won't okay. be able to do anything on that Thursday, but uh Friday and Saturday would be the days where Jake, you and I could certainly meet up. And we got the results of the poll, actually, Jake. And it seems like we don't need to rent a large space, which is good because that uh, would cost money. Um, so what we could actually do, Jake, is like, I think with the number of people, we could probably either do, you know, a very casual live record 
Um, we could probably find a location um, to do that live record very simply. Or what we could do is, it, what is probably easier is you and I, Jake, could do a live record just in person in my hotel room, basically. Um, and then we could just do like a quick meetup for anybody that's around, just going to like a restaurant or something in Indianapolis. Yeah, I think that'd probably be the best option. Yeah, so I think I'm down so long as, uh, you know, everything is, you know, dependent on our comfort level with the pandemic and, and all of that stuff. But uh, Jake and I both vaccinated, so that's good. We're going to have to get I'm our boosters. my vaccination status to the internet. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, I've already done that. I've already I, yeah. done that. <laughs> um, so that's that's the goal. So if you are going to be, if you are in Indianapolis or nearby, and you wanna and you wanna say hi, uh, maybe get you know a drink or some food with Jake and I Do over I need that. To buy a ticket for Gen Con. You don't need to buy a ticket. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, don't worry. You don't need because I was be, like, whoa, whoa, wait, I no, haven't no. done that yet. <laughs> you, we're not going to be inside Gen Con. We're just going to go, Jake. You know the area, so I'll let you suggest a restaurant or place to go. Um, and we'll just do like a, a, a quick like hangout. I think. What do you, What do you think, Jake? You think that makes sense? I like that. I like a good little hangout, just chilling, vibing, having fun. Maybe I'll bring. You know what? I, I have an idea, Jake. I'll, I'll bring my um my base to fossil decks maybe we can Ooh. go to a we can go to a restaurant with some large tables and we can play base to fossil format with a few of the people that join us you know i just recently beat the game boy color pokemon trading card game became the world champion so i am down to haymaker you like crazy i mean i don't have haymaker exactly built but I do have, I have eight decks. So for those of you, we could run a little mini tournament, an eight person tournament. So, and they're all real. All the cards are real, Jake, based all of fossil. They're real. So uh, if you want to, if you want to play with the actual Blastoise or actual uh, Articunos and stuff like that, uh, well, Jake and I will get the details. I just sort of bombarded Jake with this information. Now we did not, <laughs> did not pre-discuss that's okay, this. That's okay. You know, though, Sean... Yes. If you want to play with real Urshifus, your time is coming. As we kind of sort of almost mentioned earlier, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, Urshifu, and Single Strike as well. I mean, we can't forget Single Strike, but to thwart our plans, both Single Strike and Rapid Strike are getting one, but two upcoming products. Mm-hmm. The Rapid Strike and Single Strike Urshifu VMAXs that we know are getting two boxes, one of them being a more pack box, the other one being a uh, theme deck. We'll start off with the pack box first. This is a set of boxes that's going to feature two promo, three promo cards, basically. Um, the VMAX, the V, and then the energy that correlates with it so the single strike or the rapid strike energy this is kind of similar to the this is almost like an upgrade to what the box that we had i think it was earlier this year um where it was mm -hmm. the urshifu v and like urshifu v of rapid strike and single strike but it was like the bad promos yeah, the bad versions they're like bad alternate promos not really playable at all these are coming with the official ones that you want the rapid strike urshifu strafe and the single strike laser focus for the v's and then the v maxes are the exact same and the i what i think is most interesting about this sean mm -hmm. 
This is coming with eight packs, right? It's a hefty box. Eight packs, three promo cards, basically one jumbo card. Like, this is a good-sized box. It's coming out for $40, yeah. Sean. That's... I think usually in the past it's been 50 bucks for an eight-pack box. Uh, I'm, like, pretty sure about that. Maybe. Because I thought that, and then in the comments someone said that as well. Uh, how like the boxes of Apex are usually like 50. I'm not sure. I, I yeah, that's a tough one. It, it makes sense. If it was 50, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm thinking back to um I don't know. I think the Eternatus boxes are the closest comparison. Do you remember the Eternatus boxes that came yeah, with yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Eternatus box came with two promos, the the V and the V Max as mm -hmm. like jumbo full cards. Art. Yeah. Yeah, it came with those, a jumbo card, came with a coin. Those were big, I think 40 coin. Those were, I think, 40 each. And I want to say they came with eight packs as well. They may have huh. come with seven, but I think that would have been a weird number. I think they came with eight packs as well, although I could be wrong. It could have just been a four-pack. But those, I think, were eight-pack $40. Because I remember we talked about this many, many moons ago, and I was like $160 basically for the full play set of All Eternatus, which at the time was not horrible. Um, so... I, it was I, not the most expensive option. <laughs> no. Um, I actually like I, I actually think about this, though, and I'm like, this is not a bad deal, to your point, mostly because we talked about last week how the card is only like, you know, $14 roughly. Um, yeah, it's about 15 bucks. So if you're the kind of person that also wants to open packs, that enjoys opening packs and wants to get Rapid Strike Urshifu, because that's the good one, um, you know, you com you're committing $40 per set of each but you're also getting the eight packs so all in all actually the the actual cards if you think about each pack only being probably three to four dollars on average if you buy them in a box you know you're getting every you're getting a, a set of cards for about 15 bucks for one of each which is cheaper than the current tcg prices 10 to 15 um which is great that's absolutely amazing and you don't know you might pull some awesome stuff out of the packs and it you know doubles all the value etc cetera, etc cetera. So I think it's going to I mean, packs are always to be determined because we don't even know the release date of this yet. Um, but it looks like it's having like battle styles and battle before. styles, maybe some vivid voltage there. If I see the orbitals, yeah, that's vivid voltage. And then I don't know Who what the knows? other one would be. Darkness ablaze, probably. Yeah, it's probably scorch over there. Yeah, a little bit weird if it doesn't include any chilling rain or, or the um, fusion set. Uh, oh, I don't know if this will come out during Fusion, but Chilling Rain or Evolving Skies, that's kind of weird considering the date at when this drops, but I guess they have to package these, start packaging these up pretty far in advance, so fair enough. No, I mean, it makes sense to have Battle Styles packs at least in yeah. them because they're, they're Urshifu boxes, yeah. but overall a cool product. But, um, oh, geez, sorry, Hiccup. Another cool product, Sean, that I think is... Actually, what like kind of put the cherry on top is the new November League battle decks. As you know, Pokemon has been producing these kind of like replacements for theme decks with battle decks and they're extremely playable. You know, you had the Arceus ADP, uh, you had the Pikaram one, you had the Reshiram Charizard one. Then we went into the uh, the Blastoise Venusaur decks, the Inteleon decks. Now, still at level two, mind you, we're still at level two. I don't know when level three is coming. <laughs> we're still at level two. 
we get rapid strike and single strike urshifu boxes as well for these league battle decks and they're the same as the ones in the the collection boxes that we were talking about earlier the same promos the same cards but holy toledo sean yeah for the price of 30 dollars you're going to be able to snag i think two v's and two v maxes yeah i i will say i i think the product is shaped a little bit funny because we've seen the league battle decks that are shaped like this wider product. And usually, I feel like those have featured two different decks side by side, right? Like if I'm thinking yeah. about, there was the Victini and Gardevoir one. Yeah, um, those two. I didn't even mention those. And they were side by side like this. And so you got two decks. This one, it looks like you're just getting... I mean, yeah, it looks like you're just getting one deck. A full playable 60-card deck, yeah. And you're getting some foils and stuff like that. So it's a weird shape. I'm guessing this is just because it's for Target. You know, it's easier for to like to display at like Target, most likely, those kinds of stores. Um, I think you- also like one side is so like they, they have the cards on both sides, like the mm-hmm. the big cards, your V and your V Max. But in the back, you know, one side is like your your damage counters, your die, mm-hmm. your coin or your code or whatever, the rule book. And then the other side is just the cards. Yeah, that's fair. It's just it seems a little weird to me that the, the shape of this product for this. But, you know, fair enough. Um, I will say this does seem more expensive. Does it seem more expensive? Thirty dollars than like the I previous would say I would say like, no. OK, Um, because because. Wait, are you talking about like the the theme decks in general? No, no, the like I'm thinking back to like the ADP League Battle deck, right? And some of the others. Like are they $30 each for for one? Cuz that would imply that a dual pack is a $60 product. I feel like for the one it was $30. Okay. Fair I feel enough. like for the one it was $30. I mean, it's still good value, right? Like again, if you think about like what these currently cost. Actually, I mean, yeah, you get more cards, so if you really have nothing if you have nothing for Urshifu, uh, the Urshifu deck, like you don't have the energy, you probably don't have the trainers, et cetera, et cetera. Picking up two of these league battle decks will basically, you know, build you the majority of the deck that you need um, for the equivalent of $60. And yeah, it's a pretty good deal. I think though, we're getting to a point with these products, like they're doing such a good job of getting certain products out that I actually am starting to wonder if it will be cheaper to buy the singles rather than buy two of these because, like we oh, were yeah. saying, oh yeah, <laughs> if it comes if the if the price of the VMAX especially comes down to ten dollars or less, then like you could buy three VMAXs, which is all you need in a deck for thirty bucks. You can buy probably four of the V's for like a buck each or two bucks each max. So you're looking at sub forty for the main set. Yeah, okay, maybe like it's going to be more than $20 to build out the rest of the deck. But again, that's like for the person who's coming from nothing. Like I am just starting the game. You look at Zashian V. Zashian V had a promo card. Zashian V was printed in Sword and Shield base set. Zashian V got a black and gold promo card. And it's like a $5 card now. Like the base card is like $5. It came in the League Battle deck, which by the way, the ADP League Battle deck, I looked it up, $25 MSRP is 25. Okay. So this is like a $5 increase. I'm trying to look up the Inteleon 
League battle deck because that because that's like mainly pretty similar. Yeah, I'm trying to find it on like Pokey Beach or something real quick. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's still a great product. I can't fault Pokemon for doing this, but they've almost it's a little weird to me that they're printing both of these around the same time, like the League battle deck and the special collection, because it seems like you're flooding the market with this specific cards at the same time which I do think will actually limit how many people buy either one. Um, people will probably gravitate. Honestly, I actually think people will gravitate more towards the um, premium collection just because of the packs Yeah, over the league battle decks because, like, you know, you don't get anything bonus. I think that's that. natural. I think that's yeah, natural because the main... Because, like, the, the difference is one is meant for players and then one is meant for you know anybody who likes packs that's true you know and so so yeah i think the i think people are going to gravitate more towards the collection boxes the uh inteleon boxes were also 25 dollars. so this is a little bump a little bump in price um, yeah, a little bit of an increase yeah so that's you know it's fine it's not a huge deal but you know small bump in cr- price there i'll be interested to see um what cards they put in the league battle deck like is it going to have the quick shooting inteleon right is it going to have a I think it's going to be all post rotation, but I don't, yes. I don't think it, I think that the battle decks are going to be more structured towards the last player's cup that we had. That makes sense. So like, yeah, I think, I think that's what it's going to be structured towards. Cause those, I mean, it, it would make sense, right? Because those are refined lists, right? That they can base it off of and they got to have time to print and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, now with, evolving skies and and inteleon and stuff you know i don't know i i think that it'll be more like chinchino builds oh interesting that would be chinchino build would be very weird but you know like the, fair the enough. single track is very obviously like houndoom <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah but it'll be like it'll be like a two two houndoom line or like a two two chinchino line i mean something I, like that except maybe the 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 that'll have like the rapid strike will have like the passimian in it. That's maybe uh, yeah, maybe so, have some octillery. Yeah, my thought. You're probably right. It probably will have some octillery, which is good. If it has the, it full, might have octillery instead of chinchino. If it has the full playset of all the Inteleons, like the quick no, shooting, they never have full playsets. Well, I mean, but it, if it, you know, if you got two of them and put them together, I should say. Oh yeah, and yeah. You could build if it has the Inteleons. Then I would. I'm gonna give this one a big thumbs up. If they go Chinchino build without Inteleons, I am probably going to say your your money's honestly better spent buying singles. Um, that I mean, if they're if they're putting Inteleons in this, I'm selling my Drizzles before they release that. Yeah, th- so that's my thought. That's you know, I think this one of all of the League Battle decks, like I've been very, we both have been very, you know, it's awesome they're doing it. I still believe that, but uh, this one with the Rapid Strike one is really a wait and see for me on the exact style of deck that they build because the Inteleon one, there's a lot of value if you do Inteleons because that those are rares, right? Even if you do non-hollow versions, like it's still putting in multiple more rares into this deck and, and maybe that's why they bumped the price $5. I don't know. I, I, doubt I mean, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's incredible. This could be the best league battle deck that we've seen. Uh, since opinion. since ADP especially, definitely since the ADP one. I'm yeah yeah yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that, yeah. Sean. But you know what? ADP is not super prevalent in. 
What was that? <laughs> the upcoming Pog 21 Championships format, Sean. Yes. Well, I mean, this event hasn't happened exactly yet, but you get the idea. ADP has not been super as prevalent as in past years, like in last Pog, I would say. But if you're unaware of this, this is the second year of the Atlas Pog collectible championships that go on. It's basically like the community's replacement for the world championships it is pre-rotation so it will be a team up to evolving skies happening on is it saturday saturday yep september, september 4th, 4th. yeah i was looking at my calendar to see like what day of the week that was two different It'll pods be, if you want to do like yeah. super early morning if you're on the east coast or if you're in europe that's for you probably <laughs> you know yeah the there's afternoon. two different pods they've done this before um, I think they did two different pods last year, and I think also Limitless for um, for their qualifiers also did two different pods. Because I remember signing up for a Limitless. I don't know if it was just like the third. It might have been the third Limitless. We should have asked Connor when we had we had them on for the uh, the pod, but I'm pretty sure it was for the third. And fourth, they had like different pods. But yeah, so people in like Japan and Europe and Australia, you know, they don't have to wake up at the crack of dawn to be able to play with us on the East Coast and things like that. And then if you get a certain record, you make it to day two. And uh, it, it's a it's a pretty crazy time. There's a lot of people. There's over a thousand players, as you can see right now, between the two pods, 520 for day one, 513 for day two. Pretty even, honestly, Sean, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's a lot of people. Um, only You can only play in one pod, by the way. So don't try yes. to register for both and try to get sneaky uh, and get two bites at the apple. They will know. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I will say we actually forgot to mention this earlier, but if you want some practice for the POG Championship before, we're going to talk about the metagame, but... Uh, Sleepy Dreepy, we mentioned at the end of the pod last week, doing his battle against Leukemia Tournament. It is also going to be POG format. So um, I'll put a link that in the show notes. happens on Friday the 3rd. Yes. So you, you, you join, you, you do your $2 donation to charity as your entry, which goes to an excellent, fantastic cause. You go in the tournament thinking that you have the best deck in format. Either A, you win and you confirm that you have the mm -hmm. best deck in format, or B, you go 03 drop and realize, oh God, what am I going to play tomorrow? <laughs> um, so that's that's how it's going to, at least that's going to be how it goes for me. I'm going to try to play on Friday, potentially. Hopefully I'll be able to. Um, but now we can get into the metagame, Jake. We are going to talk about two different tournaments, the first of which obviously are our good friends at the Sunday Open. Um, they are running, um, some pog format now that, uh, evolving skies is out. Um, and yeah, this guys is relatively new. So this can, I mean, things can change. Things can change, Sean. We know that the online phase things happen super, super quick, super, super fast and super, super good change. But I think one thing that we can all agree on is that Inteleon decks are going to be played. Right. Yeah. You you just have to look at the Sunday open here. The two most popular decks, Urshifu and Teleon, Urshifu Rapid Strike, mm -hmm. that is, and then Calyrex, Ice Rider Calyrex and Teleon are the two most popular decks. 
being played. 27 for the Urshifu and 24 for the Calyrex. That I don't think should surprise anyone. I think Calyrex, uh, the Ice Rider, is one of the more favorite decks that people like to play. Like, it, it may not be the BDIF, but it's a tier one that is very enjoyable. I think a lot of people think. And then Urshifu and Teleon is one of the best decks right now. And people love just throwing damage everywhere, Sean. <laughs> I mean, I wonder, Jake, the more and more I see this stuff, I think I want to see the top list from each. Although I will say, actually, um, 12th place is the highest that Urshifu got. And yeah, that's what I'm getting to after we talk about oh, the different okay. lists. Uh, but I want to talk about, I just want to look at a couple of these lists and see like what tool cards are they mostly playing? It looks like Air Balloon. One air balloon in, uh, looks like Masato's list here. Um, a lot of people are not playing, like, a lot of people are replacing the air balloons with stadiums. Mm -hmm. um, because, like, Chaotic Swell is being played way less, because, like, Marshadow was so prevalent for a while. Mm -hmm. um, not as not as a ton anymore, but now that now that the kind of Marshadow Chaotic Swell thing is kind of balanced out, a lot of people that are playing Urshifu are taking their air balloons and they're putting in tower of waters mm -hmm. because that i mean if you have like an octillery or you have something where you can search rapid strike cards you can find that tower of waters a lot easier than an air balloon because we don't have like an adventure bag in the format but with your it, to refute my point almost you still have the drizzles and the intellions so there is your there's your finding the air balloons Tower of Waters, real quick. Just yeah, Tower retreat of Waters cost. is the Rapid Strike Stadium that allows you to have two less retreat costs for your Rapid Strike Pokemon. So then your Rapid Strike Urshifus and even like your Octillaries and stuff, if you have them, or even your Rapid Strike Inteleons, Sobbles, um, they can all move for free. So my question for you, Jake, then is if a lot of these decks are not playing a lot of tool cards because they have other options to give themselves retreat, do do you think something like Stealthy Hood, I it, you know, a lot of people might say like it's too situational, which fair, it, it might be, but it looks like Inteleon decks in general seem to be, that seems to be the card that those decks need to make the math work. And do you think Stealthy Hood, you think could see, you know, sort of a last hurrah as a counter? I think it wouldn't be a horrible idea because if you look at these four top decks right here, you look at the four stealthy hood basically gets rid of Inteleons and gets rid of Zigzagoons mm -hmm. in Eternatus down there. You know, Eternatus is really like the only deck that still plays Zigzagoon because it is dark Pokemon. Now it's not as plentiful because now you have other things to fill up the bench with the uh, chilling rain and evolving skies with your Umbreon's. You've got your uh, Moltres as well, but you leave out that possibility, right? You leave out the different archetypes that you could come across. And also, like, we already have a deck, Sean, that I think is personally my kind of sleeper pick, mm. almost. Maybe not necessarily sleeper, but what I think is probably one of the best decks to play right now that's already playing a Stealthy Hood sean or a type of stealthy hood if you want to click the fifth most popular deck of the sunday open i i'm just gonna say it i would i think i'd pick luke metal for the pog 21 championships sean in my personal opinion 
let's take a look at what Luke Metal might look like post uh, for for Pog. You know, like after Evolving Skies is out, does it does it really change at all, or it doesn't look like there's anything different? Crystal Cave things is Crystal Cave. So Crystal Cave Cave is like a rough sea, Sean. Every turn, once during each player's turn, you can heal 30 damage from metal and dragon Pokemon. Oh, With a man. deck like Luke Metal that obstructs a lot of damage, whether that's Malolana, whether that's the, uh, you could choose to play the metal goggles, Sean, which mm-hmm. allows you to not get hit by Inteleon pings or anything of the sort. And uh, this deck can, this deck can do pretty, pretty sweet in my opinion. I think it could be pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. You I, also have the Zamazentas, right? So the Zamazentas are uh, what allow you to counter a lot of the VMAX decks, forcing your opponents to play Path of the Peak. You know, if you're something like uh, Shadow Rider, you know, playing Path to the Peak. You may, not, yeah, it, if you're. It makes it tough. Yeah. And if you're playing, I know some Shadow Riders have done that, but like mm-hmm. those are the Shadow Riders that are more horror house trevnoir but if you're playing the alcremi build of shadow rider you can't really afford to play path to the peak as easily because you need the ability to accelerate a bunch of energy so that's it's pretty tough and um so if you're not playing it there's there there you go there's a straight wall that luke metal can throw up and then you go after the luke metals but luke metal is like okay it's going to take you you know 260 minus 30 minus 30 320 damage i'm going to heal 30 at least every turn with crystal cave absolutely disgusting so i think you may very well be right if i actually i'm looking at this deck and i'm like i don't i haven't gotten any cards for online play in a while jake but i'm pretty sure that i have all of the cards here even still you can get you can get three crystal caves for like one pack you could probably get a play set of crystal caves for a single pack sean and that is all you would need from mm. like the new set evolving skies and you don't even need anything from chilling rain <laughs> and or i guess that, it's crystal cave from chilling rain i can't remember which one it's from it's, it's from it's no from no it's from the new set sets. it's from the new set because it mentions dragon and dragon didn't come back oh, until yeah, evolving that's right. dragon did come back i don't yeah. know if you really need to play coding energy i um, would only because i have a feeling that this could also be a last hurrah for fire because welder's gonna go out so not that there's going to be a lot of fire decks, but, uh, I, you know, I, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But I think you if you could like see some Welder Mewtwo's, I know yeah. like there's some big Welder Mewtwo fans and then uh, you may be able to find like a Victini yeah. deck. I mean, Scorch is like non-existent right now. I just think that there's not there's not really any fire. Yeah. I think you would be better off putting like more capture energies in or like mm-hmm. more like trainer cards you know if you wanted to put another doll in you wanted to put another uh mal and lana or bird keeper if you or... want to put a third zamazenta <laughs> i don't know if you need no, three no, no you don't, you don't. But that's stupid i don't even know like i, I want to know if you could even put like ordinary rod in um i yeah. want i would be curious about that because like especially for your longer games because like uh, like or, or Lana, Lana metal is a long term deck, right? I like Lana's fishing rod instead of ordinary rod because you don't. Yeah, need I think that would be cool too. get the metal goggles back because, you know, you're playing scrapper. A lot of people, Jake, I'm noticing more and more people playing tool scrapper. 
So they yes. are, are. Thank God. Finally, I've only been <laughs> shouting it for like eight months. Um, so, I mean, if people are playing it and they're going to get rid of two of your three metal goggles in one turn, if they want to get the most value. Yeah. You just line a fishing rod one right, right back out and you're good to go again. Especially when you're up against like any Inteleon build. Mm -hmm to where they could very easily search it out by either going into a Drizzile or a uh, a uh, base set, um, Sword and Shield base set Inteleon. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Luke Metal is the play. I think it's probably, you know, like a super safe option. You hit the Cali Rex for weakness, you know, the deck that could potentially one-shot you in terms of your, your Luke Metals or your Zacians. With the with the pings on the Inteleons, you know you uh, you stop Eternatus from one shotting you a lot of times. It, it, the Shadow Rider needs more energies to be able to knock you out. Plus, with the Luke Metal, you know you have that resistance on top of that. Uh, it's it's very interesting. And can Urshifu even do like enough damage to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing like I'm trying to see like what the one deck the the deck that we're looking at what Lucas lost to because he did he did very well. He did very well. Um and it looks like it beat Shadow Rider. Uh it did actually face a fire Cinderace VMAX deck. Well, Cinderace um, is not that great. Shot. No, no. But I mean still it was a fire deck and he got past yeah. it. Um Spicy Tornadus it got past. It looks like it lost to a Shadow Rider, which maybe Shadow Rider just got way out in front of it. Yeah, with I mean, like that's crazy... one of four. Yeah. That's one of four matchups they had. That's and, a 75% win rate. I'll take that every time. And uh, lost to Eternatus, you could always have some weird games. I think Eternatus should be a much easier game, but if you prize a couple of those Zombazentas, yeah, I could see you losing to Eternatus. You could have a bad time. Yeah. Although I think like the the Eternatus, especially when they got Moltres, mm, like I think true. Eternatus got a little bit harder. Yeah, um, because of your because of your Moltreses. Um, you have other attackers now, which is uh, a big deal. Yeah, I mean it's really only one attacker, and they have to two shot you because mm -hmm. like one ninety base without any of the damage modifiers that Luke Metal has. You know they're gonna two shot you no matter what, but. So Jake, do you want to talk about cool. do you want to talk about like the actual standings uh, now and see should I go to top four cut? Um, I think so. I think for this side there wasn't like a bracket type thing. Mm. Oh, I, I see um, standings. We can, at least here we, go. See, we can at least see like the two O and here here are the standings and that type of thing. Okay. Um, so it looks like an ADP Moltres did win. So ADP, you know, still very viable in this. Uh, Evolving Skies format. Um, I mean, obviously, just confirming how gross ADP is. <laughs> that was a fun fact, Sean. This ADP Moltres deck, I had looked at it, and I had thought about it, and I had thought about when Chilling Rain first released, how we thought, and if, like, Evolving Skies was really changing any of that fact, aside from that people just wanted to play new decks. And this was going to be like, so So Luke Metal was like my semi-popular, I think you could do really well with this. This is my like, I don't think a lot of people are going to play this at all. There's going to be like 10 people at most of a thousand person tournament that play this. And I think you could do really well with this. This is my like other sleeper deck, Sean, right yeah. here. It's, this ADP Moltres. It's basically a counter box, right? Because, you know, yeah. you're sitting here Essentially. like... I'm playing ADP. ADP is going to win me, you know, 50% of the time. Just it's GX attack and a couple of bosses orders, right? If you pull that off, 
going, you know, you know, second or first on turn two. If you pull that off quickly, you set yourself up for just two knockouts on bench sitters and you win the game. Kind of doesn't matter what your opponent does at that point. Yeah. And also you kind of like you kind of uh, nullify. I think that's the right word. You nullify like any random stuff that you're going to fight. Right. Because a lot of your random stuff is going to be like one prizers and things like that. So having that ability to just accelerate the game like crazy. Yeah. You know, is huge. And then obviously you have the Moltres here for uh, Shadow Rider. And like you have got any energy acceleration or Shadow Riders. Yeah. And you've got Galarian Zapdos, which can put in some work against uh, Eternatus, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think those are two of the t- tougher matchups because they can hit for enough to Oko you, essentially. Um, do you want to yeah. look? Do you want to look at the bottom of the Pokemon to see the the funny card? Uh, what the the, the Mewtwo Zom and Mew? V. Oh yeah, uh, is this? I, can, I know it's been in. I know it's been in ADP before, but it it feels like it's been so long since we've seen Zamazenta <laughs> in a ADP deck that I just found it to be like super funny. I I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh, they played Zamazenta, and I was like, it makes sense. It's kind of funny. But <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking like, what is it for, right? Like what, what match for your Eternatus, right? It's for any, any VMAX deck that we're facing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, your Shadow Riders, your Ice Riders, you know, your Ice Riders have to decide either A, to, to not evolve or B, hit you with the Inteleons. Mm-hmm. And that is a, not a very good game plan. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think you might if be you right. Ask me. This one could be an Ice Rider um, uh, tech because there's not really a way for ADP to... Well, no, actually, isn't Ice Rider weak to metal? Yeah, Ice Rider is weak to metal. So, so like, your ADPs, your ADPs are not one-shotting... But wait, Zossian are they one-shotting v. the VMAX? It's Zossian. 260... Zossian V 260. does. Well, yeah, but, like, <laughs> if you... What would you rather do? Like play Zashian V. Yes, you can one shot him, but like your Zamazenta, if you can secure like a lot slower of a game, you can guarantee that there's no shenanigans that are going to happen. But Ice Riders playing I mean, Path yeah, to the like Peak. Both both have their validity, but like it, here's the thing about like counter boxes. If your counter box like ADP Moltres has multiple counters, right? It's not based on yes, around like true. one single card. If it's based around multiple options, so the, like we were saying earlier with the uh, with um, Eternatus, mm-hmm. how like you have the ADP to knock out the bench sitters, you have like Galarian Moltres that can Shadow like Rider. knock out opposing Moltreses, right? If a Moltres comes up and bops you to try to offset a prize trade or something like that, you can go in with your own Moltres and take a knockout because they put themselves in a position where they only have 190 health. And you have Zamazenta on top of that, plus Galarian Zapdos. Like having multiple options for each matchup is super, super valuable in a deck. Yeah, I, I just I don't think it's for Ice Rider only because they're also going to be playing Path to the Peak, which turns off Zamazenta. Oh, I mean it's for like any Vmax. <laughs> true, true. And then the Mewtwo and Mew here for Rapid Strike Urshifu, which is very cute. Um, I like that one. Yeah, and like you actually have a few attackers you could technically hit with one of Mawile's attack, which, you know, don't sleep on Mawile's attack for the number of bench Pokemon they have. That might, what would it be? Does it do um, 30 more for each of your opponent's bench? So if they have five benched 
that's doing 160, which is enough to, without. So for two energy, if you have the um, Mewtwo and Mew, you could two energy knock out the Rapid Strike Urshifu uh, after you ADP. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty gross. Um, so I, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jake. I think this could be weirdly enough. As much as we've this is the sleeper pick. Yeah, as much as we've been annoyed by ADP in the past, and don't get us wrong, we have been. Yes, it's almost like at the very end of its life is when ADP could actually win a major tournament because it hasn't really ever won. It's you know it's never been like the you know the the winning deck it's been the deck that everybody plays and it's just good yeah and it's the deck that everybody has to counter yes but like it this might be its time at, at the very last moment you know that it's like i finally have assembled all of the pieces necessary to, <laughs> to you know like all of the uh the infinity stones and now and now adp can truly uh take over <laughs> it's probably the only time that i've ever enjoy it i well enjoyed as a stretch but uh, not hated this is like the only time that i've ever not hated adp you know why pre because, sword and shield because i think sword and shield it's weird the reason i don't hate this as much is because the other versions were like adp zacian nothing else like and if you yeah, mawile thing every single time yeah and if you mawile it was literally just to annoy your opponent with mawile but like this, this actually feels like a proper counter box. It rewards thoughtful choices in Pokemon. It rewards understanding matchups um, rather than, oh, what's your matchup? Doesn't matter. I'm going to go grab some Dedenes and Crobats and win. No, that's not, yeah. that's, you know, it's brain dead Pokemon. Um, it at does least, annoy me though that it's playing three different basic energies. <laughs> I mean, it's like a bit that, that In theory, looking at that right there, this deck should mm. not work. I mean, it's also, it's a little bit wild to me that they are not running any kind. They have Viridian Forest, so that's they have, how they yeah, go and they grab. Have no spinners. Yeah. No, no spinners. No spinners. No, spinners, no, no energy, energy search. searches. Mm. Just to hope to pull, hope <laughs> to draw the stones and get your one of two Viridian Forests. Yeah, that, that seems a no little swell. reckless. But, I mean, obviously Gatsby, it worked for them at 13 and 2. But um, yeah, kudos, I mean, kudos to them for winning the tournament. That is something that I have not done at the Sunday Open. So they are <laughs> automatically more knowledgeable than I am. But I I just find it to be absolutely crazy, Sean. It's it's very interesting. Um, other decks that um, seem, you know, like they might do well. Obviously, Eternatus is just Eternatus go burr. If you do very well with it, with, like to your point about Galarian Moltres, um, kind of giving the deck a little bit more uh, firepower with regard to like the options it has. And this is the Weavile GX version. So you have the Umbreon and Darkrai as well. Um, so different energy acceleration. You know, another another moment where like, you know, maybe this is the best version of Eternatus for a long time now that's going to happen. Because once, you know, once Weavile rotates, you won't be able to do a lot of these shenanigans. Mm -hmm. um, It'll be... It'll be interesting. I'm I'm very excited. I I I'm surprised there's not as many like Umbreons out there. I think a lot of people, including myself, thought Umbreon could basically be in almost every deck and like replace bosses' orders. Now again, the meta is still fresh. The meta is still mm -hmm. very very True. young. But you know, like this Eternatus right here is not playing Umbreon. Yeah. 
I mean, not it's not playing Umbreon V and V Max. It's funny. This this Eternatus is not playing anything from Evolving Skies. If I look at that. Yeah, it's just a regular old Eternatus. It just it fits better in the format right now. Um, I do like one thing I do like here is the two of Cheryl. I think that is maybe one thing that the Eternatus Weavile build can take advantage of is, you know, to the point we were making earlier about Urshifu and um, Inteleon and Ice Rider, like all those decks that are like, it wants to ping you a little bit for damage, maybe do have a big hit and then follow up a turn or two later for a couple of prize knockouts. Um, I I was talking last week. I was like, I don't know why more people aren't playing Cheryl. It feels like it could be another good counter to the meta. Now that you have Galarian Moltres, right? The thing about pre Galarian Moltres is it had no way of getting like a bunch of energies on the field at once. Cause once Mm -hmm. you Cheryl, you know, you got to get rid of energies, but what if you move the energies now with Weavile mm-hmm. onto another Pokemon, or maybe you're put in a position where you don't have Weavile, you're like, okay, uh, boom, I got to get rid of, or maybe you don't have Weavile, I don't even know, but like your Moltres <laughs> can get you energies if you have to get rid of them from Cheryl's, what I was going towards. Yeah, I mean, so like, that's like, the, that's like the big difference with this deck, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's huge. I think the ability, to your point, to either accelerate quickly or manipulate your energy attachments and free up Cheryl, basically. Like, I'll move them around with Weavile. I'll uh, Cheryl. I'll move them all back on, and we're, and we're good to go. And all of my Pokemon are healed. Um, I think a card that we should mention real quick, because we, mm-hmm. we didn't mention it with, like, Shadow Riders. If you want to go to the Galarian Moltres at the bottom... Oh, no, 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 oh, okay. it was in that in deck, it was in that deck, Sean, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, that actually, there one right is one. There. You're right, there is one Evolving Skies. Yeah, there, there's a Galarian Moltres, a Galarian Articuno, and a Galarian Zapdos that all relatively do the same thing with the type of energy that the type of Pokemon that they are, and that is with the ability, when you put it down on the field from your hand, you can attach up to two energies of that same typing, two basic energies, onto the Moltres. So again, we talk about energy acceleration, um, I think this card is, I think this and the Articuno are pretty good to put in decks as like a one of, yeah. right? Dark Rye Prism Star was the same thing in like dark box decks. It was a good, it was an interesting like one of to help you accelerate the energy and to get things going. I think this Galarian Moltres and the, especially the Articuno for, uh, for, uh, for Shadow Rider decks are pretty like I think they're an okay thing to do because then you could even do like um kind of do one prize offset if you're facing yes. another one prize deck you know maybe you want to catch like uh, a decidui if you're the Galarian Articuno at least the Moltres you're gonna get one shot but like you know no I think you're right too because this actually like the um the Darkrai Prism. Its attack wasn't very good. I think its attack may have put your opponent to sleep as well. Yeah, I think it but, was that. I think it was like put to sleep and they had to do two coin flips. Yeah, but like, you know, honestly, like, I don't know. It's not not a great attack. Whereas this one, you know, in the mid to late game, if you if you can take a prize or two or three, however many you take, but if you can hit into the active with this Moltres um, and make it awkward for your opponent and say, hey, I, you know, you need to have a boss's order in hand if you want to do anything otherwise you just have to deal with a single prizer and that feels bad right if you're playing against eternatus so yeah it's, it's both a good attacker and a good energy accelerator so uh another deck that i think you know it certainly could be um it could be good for this format 
I'm not as sold on Eternatus in Pog. Um, I just think that uh, Rapid Strike, Urshifu, and ADP with Galarian Zapdos. Like Galarian Zapdos is just so easy to put into so many decks that I think it makes it a little awkward. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not as sold on it. It's a little too linear for me to really take down a whole tournament. But, you know, my, my thoughts, my thoughts. I value your thoughts, Sean. That's why I do this podcast but every week with you. Luke Metal and ADP, those are the ones. I agree with you. Those are the two sleepers, I think. And maybe the Sunday Open will shed some light on that. Yeah, I've liked, I've liked Luke Metal a lot the last couple weeks, even with the Chilling Rain. Even in Chilling Rain format, like I really liked Luke Metal. Now, the one deck I actually want to pull up here because I think this, if you're talking about fire decks, this is one deck that has been wildly overlooked. Maybe it won't win a tournament, but Blacephalon. Baby Blounds. Now that's a deck that we haven't thought about in a while. Uh, now that's a name I haven't heard uh, in a long time. Four Jirachis. Yeah, OG Jirachi. But you know what? You have a scape rope back in format. You got scoop up nets. You can you can play your switches, all that stuff. So a lot of switching outs. Yeah, you don't have a skateboard anymore, obviously. But uh, this is an interesting deck. I think if, you know, the metagame is very um, three-prize heavy. Very three-prize heavy. Yes. Um, and that's the one thing that Blacephalon has always been able to take advantage of is just when you think a, a metagame is, you know, kind of settling down, and if it if it lands in that three prize world, somebody and I, I would be surprised if uh, Zapdos TCG also doesn't play Blounds as like a, a last hurrah. To be honest, uh, yeah, this is one deck I would actually be more wary of than the amount that it's been played thus far. Yeah, I mean, I think Blacephalon. I mean, it's a fun deck, right? Mm -hmm. If you've played Blacephalon before, you kind of know how a lot of the matchups are going to go right now. Yes, you've got Mew in, you've got Lucky Eggs in this deck, which I think are very interesting because there's a lot, like if you think about your matchups, like almost everybody's playing like a bajillion bosses, right? There's so many bosses right now in the format. And then also you have other decks that, that maybe don't need as many bosses, you know, your Urshifu, they can hit around. I mean, you only have one Mew, well, two technically with the Ordinary Rod, but it's very it's very interesting that you would do Lucky Egg, in my opinion. Yeah, it I mean, just, it just it, wants... It's good once it goes off, but I feel like a lot of times, like, you can go around it. Yeah, they just want more draw. I think if I were to say the only problem I see with the current build, especially looking at the other decks in the format... Um, I think enough decks have the option to play two prizers as their attackers. And this deck does not play any boss's order. It plays no way to snipe, right? I mean, you need to, you need a welder every single turn. <laughs> uh, probably, probably, but like one great catcher. I don't know. I think I, I still think that like getting some ability to gust and that may be, putting in the, I don't know, Umbreon GX, I, 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 Umbreon um, VMAX. I don't know. I still think some ability to gust is important because otherwise your opponent 
uh, knows that you're playing a very resource-heavy deck. It knows, they know all they need to do is knock out a couple of things. Like Urshifu, I think, absolutely could slap this deck because it does 120 to two Pokemon. They kill your main Blacephalon and a Blacephalon on the bench, right? And then you only have three in this version of the deck. So if you've prized the last one, you kind of just lose. So yeah. there, there are some things that I don't love about this deck. Um, but, you know, I, I still think that... I mean, Blounds can do Blounds things. It can. Right? It can. I just think that it's a little bit harder than, you know, than, it's, it, than it may look. But I, I do think Blounds, somebody will crack... Um, the the right combo of cards for for Blacephalon to It'll be take funny down. if Puka comes in with Blounds. You remember? I can't remember what tournament it was. Um, there was like a big tournament that went on. It might have been like a Players Cup, and Puka was like, "Hey, I'm playing again. I made like Phase Two or whatever," and everyone was like, "Oh my God, he just comes in playing Blounds and he's God tier. <laughs> he's God tier." He'll he'll be the one he would be the one to take us to the promised land. So Puka, if you're listening, if you happen to listen to the Metapod Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta, please, <laughs> please, uh, uh, that would be incredible. Yeah, they played a lot of Ice Red or Calyrex. Oh boy, looking at their matchups for this yeah. player, they and played they, four of them. They did get past one Rapid Strike, they, and they, they lost to another. Two, uh, two, uh, two ice riders. Yeah, which two I mean makes two. sense, or right? Because I mean, four, like ice rider is just hitting you for a lot of damage. But you're like, yeah, I'm weak to you, but it doesn't matter. My whole point is to kill you twice. That's all I need is to kill you twice. Yeah, I guess it's just like how fast they can get their Intellions. Yeah, to offset that prize trade. Because the longer game that you make Blacephalon play, the worse. The the more likely you are to win. I feel like. Yeah, it's absolutely right. Yeah. Um. So, be interesting. Uh, Jake, are there any other decks that you want to take a look at before we, uh, before we wrap things up? We have a couple of other topics after the metagame, just real quick. Can we just look at Suicune Ludicolo because it's cool? Yes. Yes, we can. This is a weird deck that I... I think this takes a special type of player to play a deck like this, but I just love Ludicolo so much. I love, I love Ludicolo. I want to play Quad Zashin, Quad Ludicolo. Right, Ludicolo, if you don't know, when you evolve it from your hand to Lombre to Ludicolo, you do 100 extra damage. Your mm. basic Pokemon do 100 extra damage. It's, it's just, it's really goofy because it's also Ludicolo. I like Ludicolo as a Pokemon. <laughs> I think it's really sweet. Um, but with the Suicune, it's a really interesting deck because Suicune allows you, you know, Blizzard route 20 more damage for each benched Pokemon, both you and your opponents. Mm -hmm. I think this format is very bench-filled heavy. You know, you've got all these Inteleon decks that are trying to fill up with as many Inteleons as possible. We still have Dedenes and Crobats in the format. You know, you've got decks like Urshifu that have other Pokemon that they want to put down, like Passimian. People got to play down Mew mm -hmm. as well. Shadow Rider Calyrex has to have eight Shadow Rider VMAXs on the field, you know, because they have to. And I think this, I think the Suicune card is really, really cool. I think it can do really, really well. Like this is a fun deck that you can play and yeah. you can be super cheeky with. And I think have a good time and probably have like a winning record. If you are, if you get the right matchups, to be honest, because Pikaram not really played, so you don't ever yeah. have to worry about weakness. And the 100 extra damage, for those of you who uh, want to do some math, 
if you both have a full bench, you're doing 220, which is um, not quite as good yeah, as no. Aussie and V. Another 100, you're doing 320. 320 knocks out most VMAXs. And uh, I believe, yeah, you're playing Zigzagoons. Playing scoop up net and Zigzagoons as well. Yeah. And uh, strangely enough, e- Hoopa with Evil Admonition, I am assuming for the Shadow Rider matchup. Um, Doing that- a bunch of damage towards, uh, towards, towards Pokemon with abilities, and Shadow Rider has a ton of yeah. abilities. And also, Cape of Toughness is in this deck, I mean, which is something sense. that I think is really, really cool. Um, Cape of Toughness puts your Suicune V at 260. Yes. Which I is out of range for a regular Shadow Rider, is out of range for like a Luke Metal Zacian deck. Not necessarily ADP Zacian, but that's not as popular. So I don't know if you necessarily worry about that with Suicune V. But anyways, um, and I think the ability to use Melanie uh, makes this deck... I mean, this deck only requires two energy yeah. per Pokemon. So, like, that's the big reason why, if you're watching this on YouTube, you know, you're seeing this list that we're showing. It's not playing for Melanie. It's only playing two. You can use Raihan as well. Raihan gives you basically, a, it's like a different type of Melanie. It doesn't draw cards, but you attach an energy to a Pokemon from your discard pile, and then you grab any card that you want out of the deck. So it's it's almost like... If greens and or no, 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 if reds challenge and Melanie like had a baby, like if those two cards had a baby, yeah. it would be Raihan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's my only problem with decks like this is that it requires your opponent. It's combo-y. It's, it is combo-y, but it also requires your opponent to, for whatever reason, feel the need to fill up their bench. Um, and I, mean, I, I think that's a lot of this format. And I think a lot of uh, decks have to fill up the bench. Yeah, I, not against this deck, right? Like you, you, you talked about like Mew and other things. And I'm like, I don't know if you need to fill up your bench against this deck. I think if you know what it's doing, I mean, obviously not Mew, but, but I, I think if you know what this deck is meant to do and you're like, okay, the max damage output you can get on a turn is 320, maybe 330 with a couple of zigzagoon pings. If I just bench one fewer dude, does that stop you from having Oko potential, right? Or think about Calyrex, right? So with that, Calyrex, if you are not filling your bench with Drizzles, you know, and stuff like that, how fast are you going in comparison? I mean, right? Like, are you going fast enough to be able to stay ahead of this Suicune deck? Or if you're forcing Suicune to go slow, are you also going slow? So you are all basically at the same pace. Like, that's the example that I think of. Obviously, different matchups matter. Like, Luke Metal matchup might be a little bit different Mm -hmm. than that because they have like dolls and stuff that they can manipulate and constantly heal damage off and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I th- I think it's I think it's cheeky. I think although like you can just read this week in card text and get a kind of the gist mm-hmm. of everything that's going to happen. Like it's still something that I don't think a lot of people are going to be prepared for. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think the average Especially with player going horn. Yeah, I think the average player. You're absolutely right. Will not necessarily understand the matchup because, you know, it's not being played that much. I think more than the average player. Okay, maybe, maybe. I think, yeah, you could definitely catch people off guard, um, which in a best-of-one format is all you need, <laughs> to yeah. be frank. Maybe best you just need format. to catch 
So, but that's the, maybe that's just what we are. Uh, that's what I'm telling our listeners now is don't be caught off guard with Suicune. It's <laughs> I think if you can, it's simple enough to play around it. I also think Suicune would probably have a terrible matchup against Luke Metal. Because Luke Metal yeah, just... Yeah, I think it could be a little tough. I mean, Luke Metal just ain't going to bench nothing and say, okay, you're doing how much? No damage after I take all the damage away. So I just want a deck that plays Lotad. Like, that Lotad yeah. card is so happy, and it's oh, so it's... peaceful, and it's so elegant that, like... And Lombre as well. Like, they just... They're both this... incredible cards. And Ludicolo is so happy... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a very cute lineup that you got there. And I also I like the Lombre getting some love finally with the Oranguru, uh, mm-hmm. so that you can draw and place it onto the bench at the beginning of your turn. Like, that's cool. That's cool. It's cheeky. And I like cheeky. I like yeah. playing fun decks, Sean. Uh, but what do I know? I mean, you know a lot. You know a lot. You, you're already onto the Luke Metal train. And I, I agree with you there. So. Those yeah, are- I mean, I'm, I've been on the Luke Metal train. I, I, I haven't jumped off yet. My stop has not ended. <laughs> but Sean, do we want to jump real quick into we've got a couple news pieces. Like I said, this podcast could be three hours long if we wanted to. But there were some announcements, I would say. There's not yeah. necessarily like solidified things that we really know. There are a couple things that we know, but a lot of almost like rumors. They're not they're not really rumors because they've been like talked about by the Pokemon company, but they evolve with rumors with Does that make sense? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? This, this is part of the Japanese high class set. I'm just going to just jump into it. Okay. Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know how they, um, they trademark VMAX climax. And we talked about like, what is this nonsense name? Like who made this name? Yes. Uh, but that seems to be the equivalent of, of uh, uh, the hidden fates or the uh, shining fates or whatever you want to call it. That's this year's version in Japan. There's always going to be one of these sets. And for this one, a uh, bunch of cards, but the ones that I think everybody's talking about are there will be shinies once again, more shiny. So shiny Rayquaza VMAX, Duraludon, and Mew at least. There are going to be some beautiful secret rares of... Uh, some trainers that I know, I know Jake might be all over that NASA card. Um, yes, secret rare trainers, basically alternate art of what I think is going to be. F- I think it's going to be full art supporters because they're saying secret mm-hmm. rares. Yes, um, it's not going to be like the NASA signed card or whatever. That might be a card in the set, like a NASA signed card, but the they're basing it off of potentially the league cards in the game so if you've ever played pokemon sword and shield you know that the gym leaders all have like secret league cards that you can get if you like play the game to a certain point and you like dive deeper into the game and nessa is a model so her league card is Mm -hmm. i will stand by my tweet in that i will take a loan if i have to in order to get this card (laughs) if it if it's based off of her like alternate league card I will take a loan out if I have to. Um, the only other things, like, you know, there's a bunch of new stuff. This is all for Japan, though. So keep in mind, usually, this set, when it comes out in Japan, it does not come to the States or to the West for at least, for about a year. Um, that can always change. I want to say that Shining Fates, because they had a weird release schedule this year, there was like an extra set in February, uh, which we don't normally get. 
so some cards did come out more quickly this year. But assuming we don't have a February set next year, which we may again, um, a lot of these actually won't come to the West for a while, the shiny versions of things. The one card that I will be interested to see... This is the talk of the town. Um, ...is Ultra Ball. So Ultra Ball finally getting a reprint, coming back into the standard format. The question I have, Jake, is if we are not going to be getting VMAX Climax as a set in the West, but Ultra Ball is being printed in Japan... There will need to be some reconciliation prior to... You can't have a year where Japan has a card like Ultra Ball and the uh, the rest of the world does not. So Ultra Ball will have to come out in one of our other sets, assuming we don't get this set sooner. I mean, I think also that Ultra Ball is a perfect card to put in the league decks, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so who knows? Maybe we can see it in the Urshifu decks. It'd probably end up being later. But later than that, but like theme decks in 2022, theme decks, league decks in 2022 can include Ultra Ball. I mean, it says right on Pokey Beach, like the product sheet doesn't say it will be a secret rare. So like a regular old card, a card in formation, Ultra Ball, very, very good. I think it's pretty healthy in the format. Like, yes, it allows you to find like V's and V maxes easier, but I think it generally just helps. I think Pokemon search like this, where it's so vast and so wide, helps all decks, whether you're a one prizer, a two prizer, a three prizer. I think it's very, very good. I think it works really, really well. And I think it's kind of what people are looking for. You know, I don't think people are super happy with uh, Evolution Incense, you know, as being their Which... only way to find like VMAXs and stuff, you know, Pokecoms and stuff. They want to, they want. Ultra Ball. Ultra Ball has been super good in any time in its standard format. And mm-hmm. even expanded, it's pretty good. Yeah. And, and like you, you probably saw some of the tweets of there was a guy, I think, selling gold Ultra Balls on Verbank um, the day before this announced. And he was selling play sets for 100. And I think they announced it the next day and people were like, man, dude should have waited one day because he, if he sold them and he's going to hold to that, he lost a lot of money. Yeah, uh, but I, very I prescient. Mean, everybody that has Ultra Balls, like a, an excessive amount of Ultra Balls, is salivating at the mouth. It's almost mm-hmm. like it's 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 pretty close to like when Custom Catcher got to be really expensive. You remember when Custom Catcher was like a a ten dollar card? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. It's it's almost like that. Except Ultra Ball is like good forever, and Custom Catcher was good for a short amount of time. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, definitely a, an investment nobody in the Pokemon world wanted to make, but you had to because there was no other options for Gust. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very interesting, and there's still a lot more about VMAX Climax that is to be announced. This was just some cheeky stuff that I definitely wanted to touch on, not only because Nessa probably <laughs> going to be getting another alternate art because I have a place at a full art Nessa's um that i have out of coincidence i didn't do it on purpose it was out of coincidence gifts from friends everybody got me a full rnsa and i appreciate every single one of them from the bottom of my heart because they know me so well but also with ultra ball coming back i think that is just a it's way too significant for a pokemon tcg competitive podcast not to mention yeah right but another one that i want to mention because we have we have a very heavy like casual player base sean you know players that are not necessarily like 
they don't want to be world champions, but they enjoy the trading card game. They love playing it, whether that's with their family, their friends online. There was a new kind of, not necessarily rumor again, but on a product sheet, we got some product images of Fusion Strike, a set coming out later this year, which we haven't even talked about yet. Again, this podcast is going to be three hours long. We didn't even talk about Fusion Strike. We could talk about it. We could talk about it a different week. But on some of the products, we found out this phrase uh, referring to something called Pokemon TCG Live, mm-hmm. Sean. And we got a uh, image along. It looks like it's going to be some sort of app called TC- PTCGO Live or Pokemon TCG yep. Live. And uh, a lot of people have been excited about this. A lot of people have noticed this. A lot of people have theorized about this, Sean. So I want you to put your tinfoil hat on for the end of this podcast. And I want you to tell me what you think Pokemon TCG Live is. Well, we don't have much information about it at all besides like a name, an image, and that's I, pretty much it. I mean, I would say that it is clearly um, a replacement for PTCGO of some sort. Now, it may be, um, it may simply be a rebranding. My gut tells me it's got to be, uh, it's probably a rebranding because. The whole idea that like, oh, well, if it's a completely new app, then I want all my cards to be tradable. Like the Pokemon company has done a great job. They've been giving away all of these cards lately. If you haven't noticed, like gold quick balls and Zacians, all that stuff, right? It would be wild for me for them to keep giving away all of these things, knowing that they were developing a completely new app. Because that says to me, they're trying to get people onto the PTCGO client which would be terrible marketing to be spending so much energy and time getting people onto an existing client only that it, to then turn around and say, we're not using it anymore. Um, something like this, launching a new app is uh, it's always a risk for a company. So my gut says it is, it is at least a rebrand. It may be a bit of an overhaul, um, but and, and this may also be a situation where they have taken the product in-house for those of you who don't know, Direwolf Digital is the third-party developer that the Pokemon Company International uses to develop PTCGO. This, this could simply be a rebrand that comes alongside reskin and new features, all a part of TPCI bringing the experience in-house, maybe. Who knows? Um, that would I, be- I, think, I think you've hit it right on the money, Sean. I yeah. don't think that this is going to be like some crazy new thing i think it's just i think it's mainly going to be a rebrand and i completely agree with the in-house thing i think i think that it could just be pokemon taking it in there like okay maybe we're not gonna go direwolf digital anymore because direwolf digital does not get love from the community they get bashed all the time we saw it about a year ago on twitter just people being absolutely crap i mean i i know that the ptcgo is not the greatest client in the world right but that they don't just like there were some bad things said but i i i think p i i'm taking the same philosophy this is my official statement of thought on ptcg live this is my official statement just like nintendo directs pokemon presents sean Everybody who gets their expectations way, way, way too high 
is always disappointed. Nobody is really ever pleased, except for the one where they announced like Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and Legends Arceus. <laughs> That's a fluke. That that was that was like, whoa. It was an anomaly, but I think a lot of people just need to step back. I think Pokemon Company has done a lot of great stuff listening to the community, everything like that, but they cannot do everything that we're asking them to, especially in such a quick turnaround time. So I consider this as the start of things i consider this to be the rebrand maybe it's coming out on mobile ios right maybe it's going to be coming to the switch soon i think the switch is way less likely but maybe it's coming out for like iphones right so then you don't have to be on either a tablet or an ipad to be able to play maybe you can do it for mobile and stuff but like it's going to be relatively the same. I think, it again, like you were saying, it's obscure to think that we're going to lose all of our cards in our accounts. No. That would just that would be that, that would, would quite literally be like worse than like denouncing everyone's expectations of like a ranked ladder or like, yeah, being able to have an in-game like well, monetization and i think some people were saying like oh i would love for there to be like a monthly fee of 9.99 where you get access to all the cards i'm like that's oh my god i would eat that up yeah sure it's not gonna happen if you look at this here it says a code card for pokemon tcg live that is literally the same thing they've been doing for a decade now which means that I they're also, i think if also like unless they were trying to move i think if that i think i think if this product did not have a code card Mm-hmm. I think if it didn't have a code card, we'd be way more likely to see a subscription like that. Yeah. Right. Because, because if you, card. if you put the subscription in place, you inherently take away more value out of these products that you release that have these code cards. Yeah. Um, code- I mean, but I mean, if, if Pokemon trading card company says $10 a month, you can have all the cards in there. Whew, you yeah. bet I would pay. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people would pay. The problem is, the number it's of people, yeah, that's the thing. That's I think people continually forget that, like, even if every single person who played PTCGO, that would probably be a total of a couple of tens of thousands, which is not nothing, but it's not more money than they are making from all of their retailers who make their margins better by selling code cards. And, like, those margins and those you know, retailers and, and, and customers of the Pokemon company international are more important than 20,000 players who would love a $10 a month subscription, but $10 a month for 20,000 players is $200,000. There's way more than $200,000 of value in the market for the code cards for all of their customers. So I, that's why I think financially you will almost likely never see it until the Pokemon, you know, trading card game online app has hundreds of thousands to millions of players, you will never see that business model. It just doesn't make sense. I, I'm excited for it, though. Yeah, I think I, it's... I, even if it's just a rebrand, like a re-sleeved skin, mm-hmm. right? I'm still excited for it because it's they're doing something with it. Yeah, they've paid attention, right? Like They're like, okay, well, they've recognized that this has value, and so that gives me hope that maybe that means other things like a rank this ladder is, a is maybe stone. more likely. this is the first step yeah oh, this Jake. is a first step but you know sean this is the what is this the 61st episode the 61st yeah. step that we've taken mm-hmm. on the metapod and that is going to be all 
I think, right? Is that yeah. going to be all for us? That's that. That's going to be it. That's going to be it. We can, we can end it now. We're done. <laughs> if you are, if you're playing in either Sleepy's charity tournament on Friday or the Pog Twenty One Championships or whatever other tournament you may be playing in, best of luck to you. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know if you play uh, Suicune Lodicolo because that deck is fun, um, and it's really really cool. Oh, my book fell. I didn't even hear that book fall. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I wonder how long it's been like that. But anyway, Sean, thank you so much for joining me this morning. We had our coffee. We both had our mug. Sean, if you want to show your I, mug, I, this I've is got not a nice a fancy mug. It's just it's just a mug. I've got a Jeff Gordon mug because <laughs> oh, nice. I'm 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 fast. I'm fast go today, fast. Sean. See ya.